Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. This is going to be Alma chapter 8. So now uh, Alma has finished his uh, discourse to the people of Gideon, and he's off to other places. Verse 1, Now it came to pass that Alma returned from the land of Gideon, after having taught the people of Gideon many things which cannot be written. Why can't they be written? Because there's just not enough room on the plates for everything. So Mormon's going to also bridge everything else. Having established the order of the church, according as he had before done in the land of Zarahemla, yea, he returned to his own house at Zarahemla to rest himself from his labors, which he had performed. We don't need to run faster than we have strength. This is like President Nelson, who's going throughout the world, all over the place, and then he comes home and rests up and then goes back again. Pretty cool. Verse 2, And thus ended the ninth year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi. And it came to pass in the commencement of the tenth year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi that Alma departed from thence and took his journey over into the land of Melech on the west of the river Sidon, on the west by the borders of the wilderness. And he began to teach the people in the land of Melech according to the holy order of God, or Melchizedek priesthood, which he, which he held, by which he had been called. And he began to teach the people throughout all the land of Melech. And it came to pass that the people came to him throughout all the borders of the land, which was by the wilderness side, and they were baptized throughout all the land. Alma's preaching in Melech was successful, so that when he had finished his work at Melech, he departed thence and traveled three days' journey on the north of the land of Melech, and he came to a city which was called Ammonihah. This may have been 50 or 60 miles away. Now it was the custom of the people of Nephi to call their lands and their cities and their villages, yea, even all their small villages, after the name of him who first possessed them. And thus it was with the city of or the land of Ammonihah. This is, a, again, a very much Hebrew custom. Again, this is translated material, not Joseph Smith's made-up stuff. And it came to pass that when Alma had come to the city of Ammonihah, he began to preach the word of God unto them. Now Satan had gotten great hold. This is probably the order of Nehor's spoken of in Alma chapter 14, upon the hearts of the people of the city of Ammonihah, therefore they would not hearken unto the words of Alma. Nevertheless, Alma labored much in the spirit, wrestling with God in mighty prayer. Does did God wrestle with us? Hugh Nibley said, wrestling with God, does God resist you? Do you have to resist him? No, you have to put yourself into position in the right state of mind. Remember, in our daily walks of life, as we go around doing things, we're, we're far removed. You have to get yourself in form like a wrestler having to look around for a hold or get a grip, as Jacob did when he wrestled with the Lord. You have to size yourself up, <clears throat> take your stance, circle the ring, and try to find out how you're going to deal with this particular, this particular problem. You're not wrestling with the Lord, you're wrestling with yourself. Remember, Enos is the one who really wrestled. <clears throat> and he told us what he meant <clears throat> Excuse me, when he was wrestling. He was wrestling with himself, his own inadequacies. How can I possibly face the Lord in my condition, is what he says. It takes great mental effort to confront the Lord in all seriousness. We do it at various shallow levels by routine. We have a, we have a prayer here because we feel we should. If we're going to make it really serious, we have to work at, on it harder. And very few people are willing to do it, but it really pays off because you know exactly what you want and where you stand. Continuing verse 10, that he would pour out his spirit upon his people, upon the people who were in the city, that he would also grant that he might baptize them unto repentance. 
Nevertheless, they hardened their hearts, saying unto him, Behold, we know that thou art Alma, and we know that thou art high priest over the church, which thou hast established in many parts of the land, according to your tradition, and we are not of thy church, and we do not believe in such foolish traditions. And now we know that because we are not of thy church, we know that thou hast no power over us, and thou hast delivered up the judgment seat unto Nephi, therefore thou art not the chief judge over us. Now, when the people had said this, and withstood all his words, and reviled him, and spit upon him, and caused that he should be cast out of their city, he departed thence, and took his journey towards the city which was called Aaron. And it came to pass that while he was journeying thither, being weighed down with sorrow, waiting through much tribulation and anguish of soul because of the wickedness of the people who were in the city of Ammonihah. Isn't this the case with a lot of people that are faithful missionaries, that they're sad because their message hasn't been received? Uh, but then uh, he's going to be told here what else to do. Uh, it came to pass, while Alma was thus weighed down with sorrow, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him, saying, Blessed art thou, Alma, therefore lift up thy head and rejoice, for thou hast great cause to rejoice, for thou hast been faithful. One who labors with fidelity and devotion, seeking diligently to lead others to baptism, is successful in the Lord's eyes. That was by Millen McConkie. In keeping the commandments of God from, his, from this time, which from the time which thou receivest thy first message from him, behold, I am he that delivered it unto you. In other words, the angel that's appearing to him now is the same angel that appeared to him the first time. And behold, I am sent to command thee that thou return to the city of Ammonihah and preach again unto the people of the city. Yea, preach unto them. Yea, say unto them, except they repent, the Lord God will destroy them. The city is given one more chance to repent or be destroyed. For behold, they do study at this time that they may destroy the liberty of thy people. For thus saith the Lord, which is contrary to the statutes and judgments and commandments which he has given unto the people. The religion of the Nehors may have been liberal political views that would destroy individual freedoms. 18. Now it came to pass that after Alma had received his message from the angel of the Lord, he returned speedily to the land of Ammonihah. And he entered the city by another way, yea, by the way which is on the south of the city of Ammonihah. And as he entered the city, he was unhungered, and he said, said to a man, Will ye give to an humble servant of God something to eat? So as Alma has been preaching by himself, and the Nehors, or the people here of Ammonihah, rejected him, he now needs a second witness to bear testimony of the truthfulness of his message. So this is his messenger, or his companion that he's going to have now. When Alma returned to Ammonihah, he asked the stranger, Will ye give uh, to a humble servant something to eat? He was surprised by the man's answer, since he said that he had known Alma was coming. An angel told him in a vision that a holy prophet of God would be coming to his home that day, sometimes meeting with other people. And the intertwinings of our lives in mortality are more than chance. They are heaven-sent blessings. Party P. Pratt described the sympathetic affinity we feel around such people in the presence of such persons. One feels to enjoy the light of their countenance as the genial rays of, of a sunbeam. Their very atmosphere diffuses a thrill, a warm glow of pure gladness and sympathy to the heart and nerves of others who have kindred feelings or sympathy or spirit or sympathy of spirit. No matter if the parties are strangers entirely unknown to each other in person or character, no matter if they have never spoken to each other, each will be apt to remark in his own mind and perhaps exclaim when referring to the interview, oh, what an atmosphere encircles that stranger. How my heart thrilled with pure and holy feelings in his presence. What confidence and sympathy he inspired. His countenance and spirit gave me more assurance than a thousand written recommendations or introductory letters. Verse 20, And the man said unto him, I am a Nephite, 
Amulek is probably telling Alma that he is of the same religion as Alma. And I know that thou art a holy prophet of God, for thou art the man whom an angel said in a vision, thou shalt receive. Therefore, go with me into my house. I wonder if it was the same angel that appeared to Alma. And I will impart unto thee of my food, and I know that thou wilt be a blessing unto me in my house. Amulek's home during this brief season would have served as a temporary uh, missionary training center. 21, and it came to pass that the man received him into his house, and the man was called Amulek, a Nephite prophet, son of Gedona, who was the son of Ishmael, who was a descendant of Aminadi, a descendant of Nephi. Amulek was a man of wealth and importance and was blessed with many relatives. Amulek has the honor of having some of his sermons handed down to us in detail in the Book of Mormon. From them, we judge him to have been a man of liberal education, of great faith, of unswerving integrity, and untiring zeal for the truth. He was, from the glimpses of his private life that we glean as we pass along, a man of tender and affectionate disposition, exceedingly fond of his home and family, yet these and all else he readily and joyfully gave up for the riches and happiness of the gospel of the Son of God. That was from a commentary in the Book of Mormon. And he brought forth bread and meat and set before Alma. And it came to pass that Alma ate bread and was filled, and he blessed Amulek and his house, and he gave thanks unto God. Praying after the meal was an old world custom. It is common among Jews of our day. And after he had eaten and was filled, he said unto Amulek, I am Alpha and am the high priest over the church of God throughout the land. And behold, I have, I have been called to preach the word of God among all this people according to the spirit of revelation and prophecy. And I was in this land, and they would not receive me, but they cast me out, and I was about to set my back towards this land forever. But behold, I have been commanded that I should turn again and prophesy unto this people, yea, and to testify against them concerning their iniquities. And now, Amulek, because thou hast fed me and taken me in, thou art blessed, for I was in hunger, and for I fasted many days. And Alma tarried many days uh, with Amulek before he began to preach unto the people. So they're probably discussing how they're going to do this setting missionary discussion plans and so on. And it came to pass that the people did wax more gross in their iniquities. And the word came to Alma, saying, Go and also say unto, thy, unto my servant Amulek, Go forth and prophesy unto this people, saying, Repent ye, for thus saith the Lord, Except ye repent, I will visit this people in mine anger. Yea, and I will not turn away my fierce anger away. And Alma went forth, and also Amulek, among the people, to declare the words of God unto them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they had power, meaning Alma and Amulek, and they had power given unto them insomuch that they could not be confined in dungeons. Neither was it possible that any man could slay them. Nevertheless, they did not exercise their power until they were bound in bands and cast into prison. Now this was done that the Lord might show forth his power in them. This happens a little bit later in the story. And it came to pass that they went forth and began to preach and to prophesy unto the people according to the spirit and power which the Lord had given them. And so we'll hear more about it in the next chapter. I bear testimony to the truth of the Book of Mormon, that it is translated material, and Joseph Smith uh, did it by the power of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.